everyone. This is Nick Castle, better known as The Shape. And you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And Greg, I'm right out your window. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that appreciates the discipline of axe aerobics my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're cutting pizza and dining with the zombie squad as we talk 1986's canon classic cobra yo and you don't have to be the cure to listen in to our show. Just simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your robots for no reason, hole. Wonder. Mwah. <laughs> Chef's kiss on that one, my friend. Uh, you can also find us uh, wandering uh, as an angel in the city out in right. uh, social media. We're working so hard. <laughs> Trying to make a living on Twitter. <laughs> and you can find us at Nightmare Junk. And we're also on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have a little events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. All sorts of shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, June 19th, on that very night, if mm-hmm. you are listening to this and you are in the Kansas City area, I do believe the Kansas City Horror Club has a few things, as a, not yes. a few things, a one one good thing coming up. We have one good thing coming up right now. Uh, we have a lot of good things coming up on the horizon. But as of right now, we have the paint night going on. We're painting a squiddly diddly picture. And <laughs> staying so on brand. Right, right. And I hope we got your tickets. Um, for all the information and more, go to Kansas City Horror Club on the Book of Face and check out our shenanigans tab there. And there'll be more cool stuff because... We got a lot of cool stuff. We, I've, I haven't been sitting on my laurels during this quarantine, so things have been happening, mm-hmm. accumulating, have been turning. Yeah. Will you need eyes where you're going? No, we won't need eyes where we're going. And did you see where that uh, special Blu-ray has been announced? Yes, yes. Sorry, not to go off topic yes! here. Yes, I, I fucking can't wait. There, one of our double features one of these days, if we can, needs to be a Sam Neill double feature within the Mouth of Madness and Event Horizon. How dope! Would Let's that make be? it a triple feature and throw on Possession, my friend. Okay, Let's just cool. go the full thing. You know what? Let's do Fuck a marathon. Quadru- yeah, there then we- we'll throw in we'll throw in <laughs> Omen Three, and then you know what? Jurassic Park's a horror movie. Absolutely, Jurassic Park. It's, no argument. It's horror adjacent. It is horror. So yes. Well, and you know what? On the nineteenth, you can look forward to that. But if you are still with us here on planet Earth on the nineteenth, and if you're not painting, uh, come join me at Screenland Armor for a Jordan Peele double feature. That's one great thing that I'm glad shenanigans are back because, like, having to pick and choose. Because I, if I wasn't doing the horror club paint night, I would totally be into this Jordan Peele double feature. Yes. Get out and us. We've devoted episodes to them. We've enjoyed the hell out of them. Uh-huh. Seeing them back to back, I've never done though. And that I am very anxious to experience. But ultimately I want to say this. Um, if you're not comfortable going out and about, I totally understand. But mm-hmm. I will say Screenland, we have I we're very safe and smart with everything. Yeah. The cleaning, the masks. You know, safety is the number one priority, people. Yeah. Uh same thing, you know, in terms of the Kansas City Horror Club. 
but and again, I understand if you don't want to get out, that's cool. It's okay, but we still have like cyber shenanigans still. You can check out some cool stuff that we have up on the online. And another, and the perfect transition is uh, we have an event and an opportunity. And as we discussed last week uh, on the twentieth at Screenland Armor, Etheria Film Night is premiering. Yes, and it is an honor. Absolute honor. Complete honor to be able to be hosting that. And the best thing is you can see it in person. Uh, Just go screenland.com. You can actually uh, get tickets available. And again, limited seating, social distancing going Mm -hmm. on. But if you're not you're in feeling, good hands in, in, in Screenland. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. And if you're not feeling that, though, but you still want to be able to watch, you can do it virtually, uh, ScreenlandOnline.com. Mm-hmm. Or even, yeah, even, even, even I, better, I, I, no. you can go check it out now officially on Shudder. They're going to be showing it for a whole month. Yeah, absolutely. So you have no excuse. And you know what? Some of you out there are already saying, well, oh, I don't have Shudder. Oh. oh, well, fucking fix that. If you you type in the code SHUTIN or even Etheria then you will get 30 days free of Shudder. And there's no excuse because Shudder Shudder is a treasure trove of good stuff. If you like this show, you should be on Shudder by now because it's everything is gold on there. I mean, we've devoted uh, Not bits of our thing but, to but our yeah. show. Absolutely. <laughs> well, speak. And again, so check that out. Etheria Film Night, ScreenLand.com, ScreenLandOnline.com, Shudder. Mm-hmm. Use the code. And speaking of Shudder, then the following Saturday on the 27th, we're doing our latest Shudder Shed and Double Feature. Oh, our Shudder Shout Out Double, our Shudder Shed and Double Feature. It's, it's, it changes daily. That's a, that's a mouthful. It totally is. But we are continuing. We've actually started a whole summer of slashers mm-hmm. uh, in fact last our last shutter shout out was the mutilator mm-hmm. <laughs> here we go went on a fall break fall break baby tonight because when we fall into your heart arms we break into your heart my apologies i'm so sorry i swear <laughs> that was not on the like a setup fall break is rad and i gotta give shout out to uh liz and blair because that's when i first what the fuck is this fall break that's great check out the mutilator and then we followed that up with a little international horror with amsterdamed if you missed it maybe you're masturbating in the bathtub is such a, listen it is both of the films are worthy of your time and if that's the kind of stuff that sounds interesting to you uh, and it's like you want to join in that it's very easy to join you just go to patreon.com slash screenland mm-hmm. because this is part of the screenland patreon be part of the film family over there i myself am a member of the film family yep me too and someone that actually you know engages as well and speaking of patreon and film family hey bellies uh we have officially launched our own patreon uh we've got at least two months now worth of content mm-hmm. commentaries all sorts of good stuff and one of the perks is we like to give special shout outs here on the show now one of the things one of the nice things ultimately that has come out of the show number one obviously is our friendship yeah that was definitely the, the thing but also is you know expanding my list of friends and acquaintances and podcast uh, and it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't doing this particular show uh, and one particular show that I listen to and they've actually been on is the A to Z podcast Mm-hmm. Uh, they've um, been on multiple times with our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, good, uh, fun podcast. They have they You need some laughs. They're your go-to. Uh, they're always a good time on that. But ultimately, I mention them because this particular Patreon that we're going to give a little shout out here actually comes to us from the A to Z Horrorcast. Huh. So, uh, April Edwards, first and foremost, thank you for being part of our film family. Thanks, Bally. But also, it's so bizarre to me when we're out in the wild and we meet someone that we don't know 
that listens to the show. Yeah. It's just always like, how, how, how is someone outside of our circle of friends aware of us? Right. Are you from the FBI? <laughs> like, uh- <laughs> and then it all, and so when it came to Patreon, there were a lot of familiar faces in terms of people that were joining the film family. So it always, again, blindsides me when someone that I don't know comes in and says, Hey, we'd like to, you know, join you guys here. And April kind of, again, was someone that actually heard of us through the A to Z horror cast. So she's a regular listener of that. And April, you don't know how much. So whenever someone comes in Patreon, it's like, hey, thanks for joining, blah, blah. You know, do you have anything to plug or promote? And she was ultimately, no, you know, but I want to kind of tell you how I came to your guys' uh, podcast. And so she's talking about how she kind of lives in a rural area. Uh, she does a lot of walking and listening to shows. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, I'm a little familiar with that, you know. Um and she's talking about how, you know, with, you know, the walks and the shows you start listening to, you kind of grow close with the, you know, the podcast. Again, I've always admitted a lot of the shows I like, I feel like I've, I'm friends with these people out there, you know, just yeah. the way everything is engages. Um, but she ultimately just kind of talked about her journey and like her interaction with her brothers and how you're kind of the more of the extrovert and I'm definitely more of the introvert and just how that works and that dynamic. But it was, she, you know, just mentioned that, you know, there's some comfort in that. And, you know, ultimately thank you. Number one, April for listening, of course, being part of our film family, but thank you for that response back because it hit a lot of familiar tones with me being the socially awkward introvert. I I do live by myself. I've got Lola, you know, my, my interaction is very limited. So I listen to a lot of shows I'm, you know, when I'm here by myself, I'm usually listening to a podcast. You know, sometimes I'll have my earbuds in, which I try not to, because if I'm at home by myself, I should be able to, you know. Right. So, but when I, when I read these kind of things and I realize there are other people out there doing the same thing. Again, April, I'm not calling you a socially awkward, uh, socially awkward introvert, but just someone that, you know, does a lot of, you know, introspection, it's familiar. So, you know, thank you, April, for, you know, for for being you yeah absolutely absolutely thank you for being you thank you for listening and and reaching out with that story and everything we we really appreciate that that's i mean we always like you're fucking rad but i mean like people who do that you're fucking rad i mean like it's and like i mean and even though i'm like the extrovert as i'm getting older my extrovertedness is kind of like waning you know and but it's nice to be able to go out in someplace familiar and have people to talk to and have and people who even we don't know but yet can find common ground and something like that is especially important nowadays absolutely absolutely yeah so you're fucking rad and april did mention that if the i-70 the the, you know if the drive-in event is happening she's going to try to make it out Ooh. Okay, yep. you know that's yep. one of the irons that is in the fire. That's absolutely, I, I'm going to be working extra hard for you, April. So we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. We're gonna make this happen. We're gonna make this fucking happen. We'll build this city on rock and roll. <laughs> and if you would like to join our film family, all you need to do is head over to Patreon.com/slash/NightmareJunkhead. Pallies, and absolutely be one of our pallies. Now, a term that we throw out a lot ultimately if you listen to the show a we, lot a we, lot a we, lot and we throw a lot out a lot uh-huh <laughs> but you'll hear us uh, use the term horror adjacent mm-hmm. quite a bit and it's usually only if we're trying to defend, defend. <laughs> yeah if we're trying to defend or justify why we're Justi- saying this movie is horror no it's not yes it is and like so how it's well it's horror adjacent what do you mean by horror adjacent? So if you were talking to a normie, mm-hmm. how would you explain horror adjacent? Where it's kind of like, it's not necessarily 
in the movie of in the genre of horror, but it's got enough horror elements where it can be qualified. Basically, how like you know, cherry lemonade is still lemonade. It's like just with that cherry more cherry flavors so think about that i'm not talking mid somar i'm not going mid. i wasn't going there but the look on your face is like are you saying a mid somar joke no I'm, no I'm sorry man like much <laughs> like you've got these pavlovian responses at this point you guys have done that to me so well, thank you maybe like maybe subconsciously like it all it all stems from mid somar no but like you know so like it's still lemonade but it's just a little bit more red so sure. like yeah it's got a little bit more horror flavor so if i were to qualify the Don Coscarelli classic, The Beastmaster, as horrid Jason. Would you allow that? Yeah, there's monsters, it's sword and sorcery, there's enough things that kill people and eat people. Basically, if there's horror shit, whether it be context or like something like actually there, then yeah, uh, post-apocalyptic horror. Because uh, I, I think ultimately into our second episode yeah. we were probably mentioning we defending and justifying because uh-huh. it is totally horror because it's the horror of, of, of survival like survival horror like a jurassic park it's dinosaur horror um it's, it's a monster yeah it's a monster coming out to get you and kill you anything that's out there to, that's going to kill you like violently qualifies as horror and ultimately that means you can find horror adjacent themes in a lot of films be mm-hmm. a comedy a yeah. drama potentially. Well, fuck. You can have true crime. Uh, that's horror. Yeah. Um, serial killer. Like even like Hand the Rocks the Cradle is totally a horror movie. I oh absolutely is totally one hundred percent a horror movie. You won't, you wouldn't even have to argue horror, Jason, for that. No, right? it's a horror. It's hardcore horror. It's lifetime horror, but it's hardcore horror. So like yeah. It's the horror is a wonderful umbrella. Well, and then you know, going to another the, term, the Umbrella Corporation. Th- there you go, right there. Uh-huh. Well, Resident Evil is more horror, but it's more action, action horror, and that's where we're theming and going into here. And ultimately, you know, it is our show; we can do what we want. Mm-hmm. However, occasionally we want to make sure, much like we do in the Into the Mouth of March Madness, we we're showing our, our work. work, right? And we're defending in our summer of slashers because we're opening up with. The Night Slasher. Well, and that's just that we had we had so much fun with that initial double feature we did, where we were like, you know what, let's just go ahead and just continue Keep on, on Slasher because Slashers are great. And it was really funny because we were uh, texting back and forth, going, well, "What movie should we talk about?" And you threw out this whole slew, and it was great because they were all new ones. Yeah, and it was even better because you even put like, "Well, this one's on Netflix, this one's on Hulu." Like you had done your research. Thank you for all that heartfeltness because I looked at that. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect because I need to make sure I'm watching a new film. Because I want to watch. I want to. I'm you getting on that bandwagon. Well, right? Like I want to watch a new film every day. And I've been watching some really great ones, especially. Isn't it I've nice? been knocking some. I've seen that off my list. We'll so. talk off mic potentially. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the midst of it, I started thinking about just horrid Jason stuff. I started thinking about the last time we hosted something big. And again, we've been doing some double features here, which has been fantastic. But the last real true kind of marathon was back in December when we did Nerd, uh, our last Christmas with the Nerds. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the movie that we closed out on? Oh, yeah. Because this is not only our horror adjacent like summer a, slashers, yeah. but it's also like our Christmas in July. We should technically, yeah, exactly. We could throw this one in the month of December yeah. and we would be good. Yeah. We were talking about the George P. Cosmatos canon classic, <sighs> Cobra. Oh, uh, yo. I'm gonna go cut some pizza with scissors. Okay, do we want to talk about? Pi- let's bleed, pig. Where, where do we, where do we start? Do we start at the literal we, beginning? We gotta go. We gotta go titular. Or, we gotta go titular at the begin. Well, no. Yeah, let's start with the. With, let's start with Marion himself. He's fucking cool. He's just. 
He's just a cool dude. I no, mean, you know just... what? No, even better. Do you remember the your initial interaction? Let's go back to the beginning of Us. Do you remember? Because this came out in 1986. Mm-hmm. Did you see this in the theater? Mm-mm. Okay, neither did I. Mm-mm. This is one I ended up catching up on on cable. Mm-hmm. This is like late 90s. Um, this is like late 90s, like USA Times. Really? Yeah. Okay. Or oh. just just or something on cable. Just okay. Way later, but okay. It was I was in high school when i first saw Cobra. okay okay no that that's yeah. what i'm curious because i caught this on then is 86 i probably saw this then in middle school ultimately yeah no i caught this in like maybe like 94 95 okay, okay I came so a little bit later game, late to the game that so. and, I, and i'm i always ask of that because this is let's go then now we can go to stallone because sylvester stallone Actually, Mount Baldy introduced it to me. There, so. And that was even more appropriate than ultimately because, again, this is a pure action film, but has so many horror elements, which we'll oh, get yeah. to. Oh, yeah. But first and foremost, this is a Sylvester Stallone film. Absolutely. This is a Sylvester Stallone character. A I mean, vehicle. Uh, what could have been a possible franchise. It should have been a franchise. It was primed for a franchise. I wanted more Tales and Adventures of the Zombie Squad. Exactly. But... You know, this is 1986 Sylvester Stallone. So this is Stallone at the peak mm-hmm. of his powers. He has already put out four Rocky films. Yeah. Two Rambos. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, this is this his is, most. This is prime. This is, and this is not only the prime for Stallone, but this is prime for larger than life action heroes. This is the time of like the big cop versus the one man. Is this the, the one, one man, man army. army for no matter what. So why this didn't get any more it's mind-boggling because this movie is a hundred percent cool but i think it's i think it's because it is it has that horror element and because there's a lot of moments of what the fuck i think that's how it fell on the cracks because it's not a straight action movie it's not like a cop versus an army of terrorists like that want to it's blow a up cop for a versus reason. a cult ultimately as a cult a cult of serial killers yes a cult yes. of serial killers like no rhyme no reason just violence they were talking about like it's just a bunch of angry people that like to get together and, and clang ding, axes ding 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 throw the bird pig ding 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 they're doing exercise so i came to this film for stallone and when the film opens with the exercising it I didn't know I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what kind of film am I watching? And it, the thing that always threw me off is that you see Brian Thompson initially, which and we'll get to give him some love. Oh yeah. But did you notice the businessman there? I noticed him. And like all these army of punks and like just Are street they- toughs. And like there's this one, hi, I'm Herb and I work at the accounting firm. Ding, ding. Like my wife said, I need to get out more. I need to socialize. Ding, ding. And I figured, you know. Why not? I mean, we'll you know meet new people, interesting, go to an interesting locale, do things, ding ding, and like tear a whole bunch of society down, ding ding. I think that'd be great. You know, what I mean, he's there. He's got his axes and his briefcase. Of course, he does. Like, uh, wh- why is your briefcase so heavy, Herb? Uh, I gotta go to uh, spin class after after work. Ding ding, and just and they even have the insignias. And yes, shit they do. There. They're branded. Yeah. It's so, and, and listen, by the time I saw this film, I had seen a number of horror films. I had seen a number of action films. I had pretty, I grew up on genre. Mm-hmm. So when I see them cross like this, it always threw me off because you were never back in the day, especially back in those days before you were able to cross everything and do kind of the, the, the Neil Marshall mixtape, like with a doomsday, 
is your genres for the most part always stayed in their lane. Right. So when they started veering into the other stuff, it made things more interesting. Now, yes. I'll be honest, I've seen Silent Rage, the Chuck Norris versus Michael Myers way before yes. I saw Cobra. So like That's... crossing those streams Oh, okay, so in 82, yeah, because I think that came out in 81 or 82. So, yeah, even before then. And I know. So, crossing those streams never really, and I've always been interested in crossing those streams. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I when you can take two different genres and put them together, that's my shit. I love that stuff. So, I was used to that. But I wasn't like, when it came to Cobra, you're expecting, because first of all, the poster is rad. The poster is absolutely magnificently it's, epic. It's all you need to know. It's just a lot of red. Right. A lot of red. And you think, okay, it's going to be your basic super cop scenario, one, one man, man army, and you don't realize that he's going after some of the fucking Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill, serial killer, son of Sam, like fucking Henry, portrait of serial killer, all that shit. All rolled into the big burly beefcake yes. that is Brian Thompson. Just naturally scared. Like, he didn't have to say dick when he was, like, intimidating Bridget Nielsen when he's, like, on the, like, you're oh, about no. a size 12, right? Boom. He didn't have to say nothing, just looking like, and just, I would have driven away just as fast. Do you remember the time we ran into him? Like, in the dark, in the dark alley? <laughs> Weren't you there? No, that I think that's you and a Mount Baldy story because apparently he had lost a little weight and I know that really bothered Dustin. <laughs> it did. He but he was still like hurt, right? And so we're it's like about twelve o'clock at night and we're at Crypticon and this is This is why I wasn't there. Red Lion Inn, okay? And so we're walking twelve o'clock at night to the, the, the gas station because I need some some supplies. And uh I walk in there, hey, how's it going, right? And he's walking the other way, and we're like, Well, how's it going? And then he walks by and I'm like shit you're gonna shop pig right i was just like waiting for him let's bleed right i was expecting him to put on the mask and like ding ding right <laughs> it was crazy but it was really cool but you don't want to like say hey man you were like i'm like hey have a great night you know because yep. you know there's etiquette outside of the convention right 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 and so but still it was just like we just ran to the night slasher in the dark alley and <laughs> a quick trip and say joe so <laughs> you know what that's why we love and miss crypticon ultimately <laughs> well let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about the horror elements let's defend uh the, our our selection here mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me i will give you one scene in particular that will defend oh i think ultimately this this film that came out in 1986 and another film that came out in 1981 that is a sequel to one of the all-time great films. Exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, yep. A rooted, deep-seated fear of hospitals stems from Halloween 2 mm -hmm. and our film here. Mm -hmm. And I challenge anyone out there to watch the hospital scene in Cobra and tell me it's not from a horror film. No, that is totally scary. If you disfigure him a little bit... You got a slasher right there. Well, you know, ultimately, I just like the fact that the He's, care. The hair is the, all the big old Grecian fucking shoe polish. <laughs> and I love the fact that he just already killed like three people. And he gets in an elevator and he gets his comeuppance from the nurse. Why do you got to be in here? You know that you're unclean. The health code. <laughs> the health code says you need to get out of here. You motherfuckers need to learn. And like, he's ready to kill, but she's not having it. And he's just like. <laughs> he, that whole siege sequence ultimately is what it is but it's terrifying it is beyond terrifying you get some shining-esque shots ultimately uh just the overshot uh and 
When Bridget, he, and Bridget Nielsen in this film, a lot of people like to give her shit. She's really good no, in this movie. No, she's very good in this movie, especially in that scene that we're talking about. And I think it was the overhead shot that it shows how confined that the, the thing is and how close that his hand is reaching and the fact that there's another door on the other side and you can't get to it. And so, and it's not so much his hand as the weapon he's wielding. And can we talk about that for a second? Because I think most people remember Cobra because of that knife. That knife is scary looking. That is an intimidating ass knife. I mean, the gun is cool, but that knife is that's not a knife. You know? This <laughs> is a knife. <laughs> Does that it's like little, it's it's <laughs> finger thing? It's like one part spiked um Buddy Ravel. It's like from it's like a high. brass knuckle spiked brass knuckle with a bayonet. It is unreal. But and like a scimitar. Yes. Like a scimitar bayonet. It's nuts. It's obnoxious. Yeah, it is. I mean, you that you don't buy something like that <laughs> without if you're the not confidence a hardcore, to pull it yeah. off, right? Don't pull it out unless you plan to use it, you know? And because that's that kind of night that you're gonna use it. So, like, no, confidence, that is that's funny. That is that's big dick energy. <laughs> I, uh, 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 Christ Almighty, man. No, but no, he's and the fact that he's got these minions that are willing to die for his cause, and his minions are everywhere. As it turns out, not only businessmen, business but, but like street toughs, and like Wall Street toughs, and like street toughs. Well, even within the police precinct itself, exactly. As like we you, come to find out, that's the thing, and I think that's another thing that adds to the fear of it. Like you don't know who the serial killers really, really are. You know, and like it, it, it could be anybody. There is technically they even have a weird manifesto ultimately um, that is given to you in weird bits of exposition. We're gonna watch the world burn. Take uh, we kill the weak so the strong survive. Something along the lines of life uh, where you've bred us this way. He's like a monosyllabic uh, Tyler Durden, but yeah. just a big swole. He's got like ideals. We're gonna burn it. Well, this 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 era of Brian Thompson, I think, would have made the best apocalypse from oh, the yeah. X Men verse. Oh yeah, just with his distinct jawline, mm-hmm. and you know, he's not you know um, the mutants shall take over, ready to bleed. You know, just like yelling at the X. I, I think it would work really well. Um, but there are also some stalking and killing scenes throughout the film as well, especially in the beginning, ultimately, when you are setting up the Night Slasher, that are still genuinely scary. No, the fact that, like, you know, that you could be just rolling down the street out of nowhere and then get tagged and killed by a bunch of people in, in pantyhose. Yeah, when they bump the lady and then she's like, I'm so sorry. And she does that thing like, are you been drinking? And she goes, yes. yes. <laughs> and then, Right. And then they show up with them. And so the fact that they are masking themselves lends to your horror themes just in terms of your big bad, yeah. your, your, your Jason, your Michael Myers. Basically, they're, pro, they're proactive strangers. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I like that. Very good. Stromer home. Just <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, my Lord. Good and, God. And, and then they're doing the same. Like, boom, boom, boom. You're home, big, right? And then, <laughs> no, but like even just like helping somebody, like they pulled a Buffalo Bill, yeah, like boom, just and the fact that they'll, they'll kill without remorse. Yep, yep. And there's so, so, so many of them. Like that whole motorcycle chase scene. I mean, everything. And the fact that they're willing to like let, even go to the beginning kill like random people at a grocery store for it. Well, let's go ahead and talk about that scene because there's a couple of things that stand out for me. Number one, it is a great opening 
set piece in a grocery store. He tells you everything you know and need to know about Cobra. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that he rolls up in his car with the awesome 50 plate, which I won't lie, is a, I have a patch of it on my vest that's on the back. Yes, you do. And just because that's my genuine love of this film. And I, I think it goes without saying we've always talked about being a podcast of positivity. But we both genuinely oh, yeah. love and adore this oh, film. Oh, yeah. This movie is great. But this is not the only action film. Now, this is action horror, but there's, uh, there's another just pure action film that also has a great set piece that starts in a grocery store. And it's something we've done for Nerds and Nostalgia. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> a little bit. A little Happy Hendrickson Happy Hendrickson with Stone Cold, the Craig R. Baxley classic, also <laughs> has a great scene with that. Um, Not nearly as good as Cobra. No, 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 no. But Cobra, well, Cobra has again. You mentioned Stallone how, versus the Boss. I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. I like the Boss for as much as a person would like the Boss. Yeah, but, but but it's no Stallone, no Marion Cobretti. No, and Cobretti is quick with his 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 little quippy comebacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find he's that little. Okay, so there were many moments in this film that I was totally befuddled when I first watched it like distinctly remember being like what is happening here the robot scene Not the robot scene but here in the grocery store the fact that he takes he takes the takes swig of the swing. Coors yeah and I always thought that was weird because number one it's been sitting out for who knows how long right. so that's warm Coors now they do it in Germany I mean uh, well that's just that I'm not a beer drinker that. so is that a thing I, I think so I okay. think room temperature beer is the way they drink it in like Europe but I don't know I'm not so a beer drinker so he's being drink. sophisticated maybe oh, Marion Cobretti is Ma- that would have refined states yeah. I mean, you know I have a good taste I do all over the place but secondly the guy that's holding up the place uh, he's also shown up in action uh, horror films in a similar scenario in Maniac Cop 2 at the very beginning when the guy's holding up the little convenience store mm-hmm. it's the same guy that's holding up the thing here in Cobra so he's like not professional bumpkin or but professional hobo but he's professional like store holder upper yeah professional store man. yeah exactly um, so that was always that always makes me laugh ultimately but the quips back and forth yeah oh you go ahead Good. I, don't I don't shop here yeah, everything. That even in the midst of talking this guy down, he has a, a little line about he was just, he's a sucker for good conversation. So as a kid, that always made me feel like Cobretti is more of a casual. He's a, he's an okay guy. You'd want to hang out with him, right? He, and he's also not shoot first and ask questions later unless well, he need, unless yeah. he needs to be. But he's willing to calm the situation down. Certainly, when you're holding up people in a fucking S and P, and he takes him out with the, the the gun and he puts it in and he's got the the cobra on the gun, of course. Which, and as a kid and even as a forty four year old, I'm like it's fucking cool. rad, dude. It's cheesy but cool. It's like the Snake Plissken thing. It's just yeah. that little extra thing to like enhance the brand. Well, you know what's going to enhance the film is if you surround Sylvester Stallone with a bunch of your favorite character actors. Oh yeah, and that's to me the secret weapon of Cobra. Because again, I went in. It's first and foremost it is the Stallone film. But then you add in all these weird genre mixing elements. But like any good film, if you throw in some good character actors that even if you don't get to know them that well, you still get Art LaFleur. Yeah. You still get Andrew Robinson. Uh-huh. Uh, you still get, you know, um, um, uh, uh, Rennie Santori. Um, weird. Did you notice that Dirty Harry connection? Which one? Andrew Robinson mm-hmm. played the Zodiac in Dirty Harry, the main bad guy. Rennie Santori played Dirty Harry's partner in that film. 
Oh, so he's a professional partner, right? So there's a, there's a there's a like a little uh, coming together thing with Cobra, and Cobra himself is pretty much a dirty Harry for the '80s. Oh yeah, ultimately. he's excess yes. dirty Harry. He's extra dirty Harry. He's he. <laughs> he's working so hard, but like. I love the dynamic between him and his partner. It's great. Just, it's great. And the partner doesn't give a fuck. Like, the last thing he wants is like, hey, gummy bears. He All he needs. It's a running joke of him eating just sugar. Just sugar. Like, I, for, for, I was rewatching this, and the scene, I don't know why, but I just took giggling and giggling and giggling <laughs> when, like, they just finished, like, we're going to have to ask you some really tough questions and things are going to get really hard. Interrogating the, yes. You know, yeah, okay, but hey, you want some, you, what you got over there first? Like, I think it's cheese. Goes, finish it. He goes, you want some cheese? No, I see some cake some over there. Cake like, over no, there you need cheese. You need cheese. And it's just going the whole time. And she's like, looking there like, like bewildered. Weren't you like, going to ask me some questions about the Night Stalker instead of fucking what's on the menu? I mean, and then you're like, you know what's wrong with your problem? You're too violent. You need to cut all that sugar out of your diet. You know, and then it's like, like maybe she, maybe dress and vegetable, but maybe some fish, fish and rice. rice. Fish and rice. We mean fish and rice. Fuck you. And then it's just like eh, it's you and that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. I like how so Stallone portrays Cobra in this movie. Yeah. He's he's he appeals to everything you want. As again, I was probably all of twelve when I saw this. So he's still the baddest of the bad guys, the one man army ultimately. But he also has these quips. So you need that in a good action hero. But he's also got these moments where I'm not going to say it's true levity. But there's something going on there. But he's trying like to be you said, fun. you're giggling. Yeah, like, like he's trying to be funny. Like, oh, you gotta, gotta drown your French fries in the ketchup. And he's bringing that big old burger. Look what I got. You know, just like. Cobretti is big into prop humor, it turns yeah, he out. Is. Yeah. You know, you ever heard about uh, this guy named Carrot Top? I mean, he's, he's real funny. He he's going to be swole like me one day. I mean, if he keeps working out, you know, but uh, yo, he does this Shakespeare thing. It's funny. Did you ever see the clip on Conan O'Brien? Uh, where they had Courtney Thorne Smith. It was Courtney Thorne Smith and um, Norm MacDonald was there. And so Norm had been just pestering everyone throughout. And Courtney Thorne Smith was there for chairman of the board with, Car- <laughs> with said Carrot Top. Yeah. So I she, saw that movie and it's she's, terrible. She, she's, trying, she's trying to promote. And it's at the very end of the interview. So it's really quickly. And finally, they were like, what's the name of the movie? And she's like, chairman of the board. And there's a beat. And Conan looks at Norm and he's like, do something with that. And there's even more of a beat. And he's like, chairman of the board. I bet it's B-O-R-E-D. And fucking Conan and everyone loses their shit. And check it. Watch it online. It's on YouTube. It is. And it's so funny yeah, it's when funny. you see. <laughs> but to see Conan when he reacts that way. And you know that was not scripted. To see him genuinely lose it. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's fantastic. It's so ridiculously good. Where the hell were we going on that? I don't know. We were talking <laughs> We're talking about Carrot Top. How his Cobra loves prop comedy. No, um, <laughs> no, Co- Cobra ca- would love prop comedy. That's ultimately what we're getting at. Another character actor and during prop comedy is David Roche, Sledgehammer. It's I, so it's not off putting when he shows up on screen, you, but it's like, look, it's Sledgehammer. Now for our, but you want him to die in this for our younger audience out there, genius, because they're not old old fogies like ourselves. Mm-hmm. What do you, so Sledgehammer is actually a shot on video film that was one of the sh- first shot on video horror films. I actually saw it for the first time. Sledgehammer? It's called Sledgehammer. They're probably thinking that, and they're going, no, no, no. Go back a long time. What is Sledgehammer you are referring to, my friend? Sledgehammer is basically, it was a, a late 80s version of uh, Police Squad. It was kind of like another like, naked gun, but if they made Dirty Just- Harry. So they had this cop. He goes, trust me, 
I know what I'm doing, right? And he would just bumble his way through crimes. Kind of the anti-Cobra, if you will. Yeah, he would just be, it would be goofy, a lot of quips and one-liners, but it was also very action, kind of like play on Miami Vice and shit. So when he showed, I watched that show, like when it came on Fridays at eight o'clock, I made sure I would watch it, right? And so like, I didn't get half the jokes because I was young, but I fucking loved all the slapstick and goofiness. I got just enough to like, that's kind of dirty, right? So like, <laughs> whenever he shows up in anything, it's just, like oh look at sledgehammer it doesn't take me out depending on his character like when we when he showed up in um um swallow oh yes i yes. was like whoa sledgehammer right it, it kind of because i was expecting him to do something sledgehammery you know but he, mm. he he didn't well yeah and let's just say here in cobra his character who plays the photographer right and you know what? Bef- uh, let's talk him first, because then we're going to talk about the scene what he was, previous, what he, what he was, was shooting. What he was shooting, like what his photography was. Because, again, this film takes a weird turn. Yeah, it does. A really weird turn. Yeah, it does. But ultimately, he plays the like perfect, stereotypical scumbag photographer that's like the Trying to get the person to sleep with the right. You, like, you want to have man. a good career, right? Why don't you go ahead and sleep with me? Because he even says, I'm just if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it about your, your career. career. And I'm like, this fucker's got to die. He's I mean, gonna... even in 19, even in 1988, when this movie came out, like there was no excuse for that. Because even... 86. 86. Shield your tweets. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know when I get on a roll. Um, <laughs> but... Like even back then in '86, like it's they still- knew that that shit wasn't cool. Like even Bridget Lee, like fucking stop, you know. Like you need to go. He should have went like the security guard as opposed to like just. That I mean, yeah, it was good to get an axe to the face. Sledgehammer, you need to get a sledgehammer. But that security guard, when he got it, god damn, that was fucking mean and it should be noted this is a, i think we talked this is a canon films classic and with canon films we need the more death you know you're going to see things occasionally that's going to elicit that kind of response mm-hmm. the physical the visceral all of it in that scene oh my god yeah. <laughs> and even the fact he gets a few shots off ultimately yeah, good for him yeah but not good enough. No, you know what? That's like, you know, it's like uh, when you're playing a video game and you're shooting the boss and he starts getting a little bit more red. Uh-huh. You almost got him, but he still got you at the end. Oh, babe, too but, bad that security guard didn't have any more quarters. So like, putting in a little special code. Yeah, it was kind of awful. But even the uh, the sequence where the, the he's stalking her throughout the parking garage. Yeah, that's a scary sequence, too. Very much so. He's literally stalking like he's something. Uh, he's doing the Freddy. It's kind of <laughs> scary. Well. Between this and like Candyman, you know, sets, excuse me, the tone. Parking for lot f- shenanigans. No, I don't like parking lots, and man. And Poltergeist 3, too. Yeah. No, I should say Poltergeist 3 as well. You know what's worst when you're in a parking lot and you can hear your echo is like for some reason when you can't hear your echo. Like if you're in a parking lot and you can't hear an echo, that's fucking scary. That's unsettling. That's when you're in the beyond somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's creepy. Oh, that's that's creepy. That is horrible. Um, no, but right before the scene of so, the yeah, parking lot chaos. What were, what were they shooting? What was he as a photographer? Some sort of robot, like, dance is. model. She's my robot pie, you know, and just like, because she was wearing like, you know, those weird sparkly mullets wigs that they had back in the 80s? She, she looked j- like Jim. Outrageous. She, totally outrageous. Truly outrageous. So she was, so she was like... Uh, well, and she's a model, and that's ultimately... But and, not with the robot, and then... But her... Yeah, so she, They do this montage. It's so weird, because they have it, like, right in the middle of the montage, they have her, like, grinding on a robot, and then they have her... And then they have Marion Cobretti shaking down all the scum in the city, like, going to the peep shows, 
Because like he's apparently he's well known on Forty Second Street. Because they even said you know Cobra's all the, the scumbags, you know, scumbags in the, the city. So you go shake him down. So he's going working so hard. To, no, that's the angel of the city. And so like meanwhile she's dancing. He's there. Next thing you know, and then Brian Thompson. He's like grinding. He's got an axe to grind, right? Oh, yeah. he, throughout the film, you just see his hands gripping, and gripping. Just... He's sweaty and he's got a wet stone in one hand and that fucking blade in the other. And so he's like going to town, and then. And she's over there grinding with another in another outfit. It's so out of place, but it's like, and it's just one. Of, and again, the song itself, the Angel of the City. It's kind of rad. It's it's kind of rad. Here, hold on, because they're doing the exercise at the beginning. Okay. One and two. One and two. And now she's grinding up on the robots. And it's in beat. Voguing. And now it's Cobretti shaking down scum. And then the robots. It's, and we're going to, okay, I got to get at least one angel of the city here. Hold on. Angel of. Oh, damn it. I passed it. You gotta get one angel in the city in there. But you get and the year before with Rocky Four, Stallone pretty much made Rocky Four a film of montages. Mm-hmm. And this film has a lot of montages. Very much so becomes very almost like music video esque yeah. for the most part. And like visit Miami. Working so hard, working hard for the listening. Now, that initial scene, and again, we're gonna talk about uh, all the befuddlements that young Greg's felt when I watched it the first time. But that initial confrontation when he bumps Ping the guy. Che. What is, what is Ping Che? Bucker. Okay, there we go. I always thought Ping Che didn't know what it was. I just assumed I assumed he it was like something like like a food of some sort. <laughs> Not picante. I know. I, again, young <laughs> suburban white. Ping Che is like fuck. You can use it like in different like fucker. Uh, fu, you know, it's just like a, like that fucker or like what the fuck. Get look at a pincha. You know, perfect, yeah. perfect. Get that chingada. There we go. It just Pinche, adds, cabron. Adds that little, yeah, the mm-hmm. pop. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I didn't really know, but ultimately, the everything the way it ends up, when he gets his shirt ripped, <laughs> you see the microphone, his right, mic, right? as an actor. Yeah. As a kid, I didn't know what it was. I assumed he was like an undercover cop of some sort. That's the thing. I, I, I don't know if it's like, if it's all improv and he really did like, you know, the, that can kill you. What? Me. Me. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. And then rips his shirt. And then he kicks the car a little and shit. But of course, eventually, though, he sees him come and pulls up. And- Working so hard. And you know what? And it's the same the- fucking song, too. So that hasn't been thinking either. Two things. One, um, how come whenever they need to show Latinos in old 80s movies, they had like Gloria Stefan music? Like, or Gloria Stefan knockoff? Or like, coming up, the Jets. Or... Or they were listening to one of those Latino stations that played like the Jets and like Gloria Stefan back in the day, but that's all they played. And so like coming up, more of the Jets. Like, or even today when they keep playing the songs over and over and over again. So like at the same time at the same, working so hard, working hard for the city, right? And then the next day, coming up next, number one tune in America, working so hard, working hard in the city. So like, you know, I don't know. It just, I, I apologize that that just that follows you and it haunts. <laughs> 
but eventually it's called a uh, you're a good citizen it's like oh christ almighty yeah, yeah but some pizza let's go to some scissors okay the pizza scissors the cutting of the pizza with scissors that is the moment my brain broke as who, a kid. who does that is I, that you I thought I was getting like the window to some unseen like societal norm that I thought or maybe something that is very refined because again as we mentioned with Cobretti you know he's a man of the world he's a sucker for good conversation so of course he would do something again maybe he learned it in Europe potentially that's how they eat it in Sicily you know and it's like but I was I I I, just like I said I I could spend no I couldn't because I couldn't talk because I just go 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 I could not comprehend why he did that. Like, I thought maybe it was a diet thing. So if he goes out, let's say he goes to, like, Mansky's, right? Like, Does he know, ask for scissors to right. cut it with? Because you know how sometimes you don't need a fork? You know? Like, no, no. Mm-hmm. I don't know who eats pizza with a fork. Get out of here, right? But, like, who eats pizza with scissors? Hey, you got any uh, kitchen shears in the back I could use? You know? It's like... <laughs> Excuse me, sir? <laughs> I hate to cut and run, but... Uh... And so, like, you know, it's... <laughs> So that threw me off. And then that he's I'm got... I'm get some pizza from uh, Little Caesars. There's <laughs> shit. It's not too bad. Uh, but then that he stores all of his gun stuff in the egg carton and in the freezer. Now, does the need to keep everything cold? I'm gun... not... A, and again, does I am gun... not a gun person. Yeah, so... does gun oil, like, does it not freeze? But I assume it's some sophisticated thing that only Marion Cobretti would do. Well, because cobras are uh, cold-blooded creatures, so I figured you might as well put some cold oil in it because uh, the snake's got a strike. And that's totally fair. That is. To- oh, you know what? I realize this is not the first time we've seen a cobra rising out of someone's pants. No, n- recently. And that sounds horrible without context, but we recently watched Escape from New York. <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the rise, my friend. <laughs> Um, Duke of New York, number one. Uh, uh, Brian Thompson in this film. Physicality is intense. The delivery is intense. Everything about it has been intense. He's, Even his right hand, his his main squeeze, she's scary too. She's beyond scary. <sighs> you know, just. The Night Slashers themselves, the fact that they are referred to the Night Slashers, again, horror adjacent, we can justify it. Slashers is a genre within horror of respected, you know, recognized. So the fact that they are incorporating elements, I wonder if, because you know where this film came from. Um, Cocaine. This, well, this was '86. Now, this this wasn't a Joel Silver film. <laughs> um, technically, it was built um, off the novel Fair Game, mm-hmm. which eventually became the movie Fair Game with um, Cindy Crawford and Billy Baldwin. But this film also came uh, about. I've the fact, seen that. Oh, it, it's actually yeah, I have seen that. It's it's not good. No, I shouldn't say that. I I saw it in the theater and I didn't like it. Okay, I was I came I kept, probably came for the the Cindy Crawford nude scene and I because I was a little. Oh yeah, I think I have seen. <laughs> That's what I, see. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. That's terrible. But <laughs> Stallone did Cobra because he was initially offered Beverly Hills Cop. And he wanted to rewrite Beverly Hills Cop. Roxanne. Into making it. No, that's 48 hours. Uh, he wanted to make it a little bit uh, more violent, and they weren't into that. So he went parted ways. They picked up um, Eddie Murphy, and then he made Cobra. So it's got this really weird pedigree in terms of where it came from and what came from it, ultimately. That is a weird, like. It's, well, and, it, can you, and again, we've got Marion Cobretti trying to be. You know, a little bit funny mm-hmm. again. The prop comic and everything, it just wouldn't have had a place in Beverly Hills Cop. No, 
Well, you know, it just because you know Eddie Murphy allows himself to get hurt and to, to be the butt of the joke occasionally. I don't think Stallone can do that, Mm-mm. and that's the thing. No, I do, I think like that's why some movies didn't go quite the way they planned right? because of that. And this is the day of the true egos of the superstars, where they I don't think they could separate their characters from their own personas. So if someone saw them, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that was Stallone because I mean Rocky, uh, famous. Famously only loses in the first film. And then, of course, everything else from there. Yeah. He's ending the Cold War and <laughs> just ridiculous. So knocked uh, down the dying curtain, you know, of, of of humble origins. And actually, that's kind of actually the, the appropriate trajectory, tra- trajectory, I think, in terms of where he came from. Yeah. And to where he was in 86, where he was the biggest thing in Hollywood. But that's the thing, though, why there wasn't any more Cobra, like Cobra Strikes Again or some, <laughs> another Cobra. You know what? You could actually, you know, in the in the days of bringing back all the old characters as he's done with Rambo. I was thinking that he could do like with, the with Cobra's last, like, there's no other. Marion. Yes. Marion yeah, colon zombie squad or something like or just because he's part of the zombie squad they could just say zombie squad again as a kid i'm like that's the coolest sounding yeah, name ever that just kicks ass and the fact that they have andrew robinson's character so painfully with the exposition you know you're part of the zombie squad you know you're part of the guys that uh, do the jobs no one else wants it's just like okay no i think it was art and floor actually that gave us that exposition but when it comes from art Lafleur, it's, it's not bad kind of, right it's whether he's handing out condoms <laughs> You know, uh, sorry, that's a little for our Patreons. We did a, uh, the a commentary for the blob. He, but Art Lafleur, Art Lafleur is almost like uh, George Lafleur, just everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Well, he's he's again one of those great character actors that adds a little bit more to this film. Mm-hmm. But the other guy with Art Lafleur, when he's like, I'm gonna, when his marrying partner, like, I'm gonna celebrate him by punching his heart out. Yeah. Just- it, Andrew Robinson again playing against type on that. Um, we get to... He plays such a good heel, though. He's great at he's it. He's a great heel. How long has it been since you've watched Dirt, uh, Dirty Harry? It's been a minute, but I used to love Dirty Harry. Revisit it, because he is slimy in that movie. He is just... Oh, he plays it so well. It, the physicality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice surprise when I, him show up, when I saw him show up in this. And again, revisiting it, you're just like, oh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I might have to go back and revisit that. Um this is another pretty brief film for the most part. Yeah. And I understand they cut a like 20 minutes out of the film, um, which a lot of the people, because I watched some of the retrospectives, uh, a lot of them are like, you know, you, you lose a lot of character from the film, which I totally get, mm-hmm. which I think that would have added to, because again, I love everyone that's in the movie, so I would have liked more time with them, ultimately. Yeah. Um, this is it's What a part, all got cut? Like uh, Just their character beats. Just, just a couple and, of interactions. And, you know, this is also a procedural film, kind of, sort of, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, but it ultimately takes us to all the excess and everything to this final battle. And we mentioned the one-man army aspect. Stallone... I should excuse me, Cobra, mm-hmm. Marion, Marion Cobretti. He kills so many people. It's like a video game in that one. There's because that one level where you're in the back of a truck yes. and you're trying to Unlimited fight off ammo. the thing from the getting onto the truck, and it was just like it that. Plays like a video game, yeah. doesn't it? Because just I wanted like you know move to the side to reload, you know, and just like just keep shooting and and um. Again, just glorious in excess, uh, but he kills probably more people than like 
Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger combined in all of their movies. Yes, violently, like the guy that got onto the thing, oh, then ran over. Over him. And then he got ran over by the motorcycle. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, that's a bad day for the stunt guy. I absolutely, and the, the motorcycle guy, too, did a pretty good job of, at least we didn't see him eat shit initially. I right. don't know in terms of when they cut that. Uh, but that then leads us to the final showdown. And in the final showdown is when we get some of the more gruesome kills that I've seen in an action film much like in any I could go toe to toe with any horror film um we have not yet talked about the fact that and again back in 1988 when I probably saw this having a matchstick in your mouth was like the pinnacle of cool hey yo, look I'm Jackie Daytona <laughs> it comes into play ultimately because uh-huh. uh one of our mid-level boss uh, bad guys been carrying the high-powered rifle around gets gasoline just doused and then and then do you remember what he says you have the right to remain silent so pretty glorious you know the kill there a of all the character actors in the movie it wasn't until i rewatched this probably in in the late 90s and into the 2000s after a period of where i was watching a little film called black belt jones over and over again. And if you have not seen the movie Black Belt Jones, stop what you're doing right now. It is not a horror, horror adjacent at all. It is a pure black exploitation kung fu film starring the late great Jim Kelly. And in the film Black Belt Jones, there is a uh, character named Pinky, as played by Malik Carter. And he is just, he's the bad guy. He plays him just at 12 and 13. He's got these great lines like, boy, don't start no communist shit. He's just a great character. He's memorable. He's one of the things that makes Black Belt Jones so good. So I'm rewatching Cobra a long time ago, and we get to the scene uh, at the very end, the big old showdown. And who shows up as a security guard in the said plant with no lines but gets shots by the lady is Malik Carter. And I was losing my show. I was like, oh, my God, it's Pinky. It's Pinky. Oh, he's dead. Damn it. Okay, never mind. But for anyone out there that knows Black Belt Jones and Malik Carter, he shows up as the security guard at the end. It's so good. It is so good. I was thinking, like, because he's like, you can't say pop, 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 pop. And I'm like, God damn, that sucks. Now, Night Stalker don't give a fuck. The Night Stalker, though. And here's where we get number one. When we've been when you've been hearing the P word all the time, the pig mm-hmm. here, he gives the manifesto the whole thing about from the ashes of the world will build new yeah and and brian thompson's delivery throughout this is moist he is a sweaty sweaty dude and spitting. but just spitting and it's probably just like it just sweat because i'm thinking that would be the same thing that would happen to me because if I'm in the in the middle of a molten like smelting steel thing. smelting plant, I do that when I'm outside, like outside on my porch oh, yeah, in the no. shade. I am not throwing shade his way, but I can like see. But he was just like profusely like problem and like. And then when he is saying pig, pig, of which oof. he says a lot, a lot, a lot. We are getting such spray in 2020 right now with COVID. People would be losing their shit. You're going to get sick, pig. And that's the thing, though. I'm watching going, oh, 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 Lord. But also within that, um, the final fight plays really well. Obviously, a lot of back and forth. But his comeuppance, the 
kind of the the twofold. He gets, he gets chainsaw. He gets Texas chainsawed. And which, in unlike uh, you know Tobey who pairs classic where it's all in the mind. They actually they actually show it, and then he gets he gets grilled. He gets grilled. He gets hooked and then cooked. It is horrible. Yeah. It is. Now, granted, and it's an in shot like, and you're like God couldn't, damn. couldn't have come to a worse bad guy. Right. But it's just it's horrific. I mean, it is something that you would see a Jason go out as, mm-hmm. as a Michael Myers. That's how you have to put down one of those, those serial killer. Yeah, when shooting bad doesn't guys. work. Exactly, exactly. Um, and of course, everything then ends up wrapping up with a um, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, mm. which again, of all the weirdness and everything that happens, and he just drives away with one of the Perps motorcycles as well. Why uh, not? Now. Uh, going on the behind the scenes things. So the movie ends with him punching Monty, right? Well, deservingly so. Of course, of course. In the original ending, it was going to be planned that uh, Cobretti was going to pull down his shirt, much like he did with the other guy. It was going to reveal some satanic tattoo, and he was actually supposed to be the head of the Night Slashers. Uh, Would that have changed the film for you? A little bit. Because I, mean, I would like, I mean, he was awful. He was a terrible person. And he was like, why is he such a dick? That would explain his little dickish behavior. But I think that would also have taken away uh, from Brian Thompson's character. Yeah. That would have taken away from the Night Slasher himself and his manifesto. Because he's the one huffing and puffing. And it's to find that he's actually just just a heavy. Mm-hmm. Then that would have that would have took a lot of teeth out of them. I think that wouldn't have made that would have still made him a memorable character. Sure, sure. But that would made him that would make him a memorable number two. Like that Mr. Joshua. Bane. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we Mr. Joshua steals the movie, but it's like he's not the main bad guy. Yeah, Same Alan thing. Arkin is just sitting over his shoulder. Right. Man, now you're talking, Mr. Joshua. Now, now I really want to go and watch Lethal Weapon. It's been quite a while since hey, I've watched this it. Out. I learned this. I watch it. He was that lighter. You know. You just... know who you forget who's in that film? Tom Atkins. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God damn that see, man. I, God damn now, that man. What you didn't see there was the 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 the, the recognition, the the progression of recognition. Because you immediately you said the oh yeah, like of course I, you said you did that was and I've seen that oh yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> That's awesome. That's why we have the I've seen that. Because, oh, you know, now I want to go. Now I want to watch Lead the Weapon again. You got Ali Young. Yeah. He, he has lines. He does. Like this and I Come in Peace, I believe, are about the only two I've seen him with beyond yelling and shit. Mm-hmm. Although we did recently uh, rewatch uh, the um, Big Trouble in Little China with the John Carpenter and Kurt Russell score. Yeah. If you ever need to feel good in life, I think it's Kurt Russell's laughter just is for me it's pretty infectious it's 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 my life energy and we were talking about how there are score isolated com like tracks where you don't hear any of the dialogue just the score i honestly think if you just had like a kurt russell laughter track that you don't hear the score or the dialogue or anything just him reacting him laughing (laughs) throughout just watching him watch the movie oh that i would do as well that i would do as well (laughs) now um I, this is not going to be a controversial statement, but if you were to ask me what is my go-to Stallone film, you know, I think the the, the, the learned person would probably say like Rocky, uh, potentially something like that. The more action savvy person might say Rambo, one of the franchises ultimately. But for me, in terms of, especially now, as you're asking 44-year-old Greg that has seen a lot of films and is good now with genres mixing unlikely little 12-year-old Greg... For me, my go-to Stallone film is Cobra. 
Yeah? For real. I would say it's either a toss-up between, because the first thing that came to my mind was Cobra or Demolition Man. Oh, that's right. See, and that's I think another... Demolition Man might be one of my go. Is, is is I know that those two are my go-tos. You can't go wrong with Demolition Man. Yeah, Demolition Man is just a hundred percent fun. And that's actually Stallone in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. And what's incredible with Stallone is the fact that he had number one films in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and the two thousands. Yeah, so that's forty years and the 2010s was it in the 2010s as well yeah because with Remember, creed, with, with creed 2 creed and uh last yeah. blood yeah last it's, blood was only two years ago so the fact that his career has carried so long uh speaks number one to the fact that there are a lot still a lot of people that will go and seek out his films mm-hmm. um i've been a fan from yeah. day one for the most part pretty um, much i don't know if i'm a stone apologist per se i don't necessarily defend all of his films uh, but Death Race 2000 was great. That's the other thing people always forget. Death that Race 2000 was great. Is him as Machine Gun Machine Kelly? Gun Kelly, dude, that movie was slick. I'm gonna get Frankenstein. Uh, Kinky and I oh, know what is it? Kinky and Ricky's no, it's such and Studs uh, party or whatever the uh, the adult film that he did. Uh, the Italian Stallion. The Italian Stallion. There it is. Uh, so I always throw in trailers for stuff that we do here at local even for myself so throughout the i've seen that challenge like for every movie i watch i put together a three trailer reel because uh-huh. of course i do anything involving stallone the italian stallion trailer there comes is up. well there's this great trailer for it and it's got this lady she's i mean she's cutting the film on this old school thing and she's like oh hi how are you i'm cutting the film from the most and it's just this great go seek it out it doesn't show anything dirty but you also see young hungry stallone because as he mentioned I was a struggling, starving actor, you know, and you see, and he's giving it in the little scenes you see in the film. The, his his dancing, boy's got some moves. He ordered a pizza. <laughs> Kitty and Studs party. There it is. There it is. Now it's hitting me. But I always incorporate that with it. <laughs> Let's just say this. If you ever come and see a movie that we're hosting that we have control of the trailers of the pre-show, if Stallone is in it, <laughs> it's going to be in the pre-show or the trailers. And I would pair this movie with my go-to for his, the flip side of the actioneer coin in the 80s was Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Uh-huh. And my go-to for one, for one Sylvester, uh, for Arnold Schwarzenegger is Commando. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Because <laughs> that kind of is, yeah, Commando is Schwarzenegger's Cobra. Now, again, and I'll listen, uh, Predator, I will agree with Conan, I'm... but for me, a go-to feel good because I'm almost in the same vein in Commando you surround Schwarzenegger with a bunch of great character actors. So you get Bill Duke, uh, you get Michael Patrick Kelly, yeah. you get Dan Hyetta, uh-huh. you get Alyssa Milano. Vernon Wells. Vernon Wells. So again, all of these things. And again, they're more of the low budget versions of Stallone and Schwarzenegger. This is before they truly explode. Well, technically, but I more think, fun, yeah. more, they're more like more bang for your buck. I mean, it's almost, it's pure essence ultimately yeah. when yeah. it comes down to that. So I don't know. I've, enjoyed this film i don't think i will ever get tired of this film no it's cobra the fact that uh, uh scream factory put it out as a blu-ray oh let me double check and see if it was scream or shout that put this blu-ray out cobra yes that will be the perfect like uh um arbiter if it's horror or not Talk while I walk. okay <laughs> don't so if it's so uh, so if it's on scream then it's I would that would give it more credence. credence but if it's on shout, nah. scream. Who's ready to scream? Woo! Justification. 
So I would say ultimately, because this one, because with Shout, they do a lot of action. Yeah. Um, I've got um, uh, Southern Comfort. That's a Shout Factory. So they put Cobra under Scream. So it's the horror-adjacent element think be, works. I think because it's more horror in your face. There's more like torturistic elements. Again, There's more like... that hospital scene, I will throw up at against any yeah. other horror hospital scene. And the way Night Stalker gets it is a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, yeah. No, yeah, I, I will 100% agree with the horror. So I'm glad we are able to go a little bit easy on this one. Now, also, I would pair this with another canon classic. Uh, instead of Sylvester Stallone, you get one. In fact, the Patreon Pally comes from this very man. Ten to Midnight. Is the Jack enough? Which uh, we've we've referenced it multiple times. If you have not seen that, that one also is out on, I believe, Scream Factory put that one out as We're well. We're going to have to do something with that. that that's going to have to be an episode. It, it truly will because... <laughs> Ten to Midnight is great. I need to rewatch that again because our first time doing it was you, me, Adrian, and Dustin. And... Like I said, the little things of when Wilford Brimley's name comes up and we're all like, yay, those are nice things. Um, but see, the thing about it is like it's being like 10 to midnight in Cobra. There's a whole subgenre of super cop versus like monster or you could do serial a cool killer or triple feature of Silent Rage, mm-hmm. Cobra and 10 to midnight. Throw in first power. Yeah. Oh, first power. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You could do you could do a little mini marathon of these themes. cops for. Versus fucking Amsterdam. Amsterdam would work perfectly. Amsterdam would be a great, like, because there's a car chase. Instead of a car chase, they have a boat Boat chase. Which is stellar, fantastic, worth the price of admission. And the character actors in Amsterdam and the, the whole, like... The whole interplay between the partner and the Sarge. and The point ultimately is with this is you can put together a mini marathon of pretty much any subgenre out there in horror. And that's the beauty of horror, I think, mm-hmm. is the fact that it's got tendrils and everything. Um, now, if only the horror community could be a little bit better and be a little bit more inclusive. Uh, we're calling out everyone here. Come yeah. on. Let's do be better good to each other. Do, do better. better. Absolutely. Do better. Absolutely. Well, we're going to try to do better as well. And I don't know what we're doing next week, but it'll be something grand. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Janice McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.